regularly in our headlines are news of protests or pickets of on issues that are near and dear to people's hearts. Christians also protest issues, and so we take a question today on whether or not we should. Welcome to a new season of Consider It, where we consider questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider it as a ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, and the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505, and we will consider your question. To learn more about redemption, you can visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Welcome back to Consider It, where today we get to consider, should Christians protest other churches? Should Christians protest other churches? This is a great uh, question. I think it's, uh, you know, let's be clear, even as we take the question as kind of what's within view of the question, yep. um, and, and even how it's worded, you know, Christians protesting, assuming probably meaning like picketing and, you know, in, in the sense of just not like, uh, you know, getting mad about something or protesting in the kitchen. Yeah, but Standing uh, firm yeah. against it. But uh, when we think of protests here in our American context of, you know, large crowds gathering with big signs and banners um, and also against churches. Here, yeah. not necessarily our government or at the Capitol building yeah. or a business, but very specific here. Should Christians protest other churches? And uh, likely questions submitted here. I, I think uh, this is born out of questions that you and I have been asked in recent days here yeah. in our present context as a a church in our community here in New Braunfels was having a a drag queen event and uh, and it got a lot of people upset. Yeah, yeah, it raised a lot of eyebrows around New Braunfels. It raised a lot of eyebrows and uh, um, and rightly so provoked a lot of questions, you know, yep. from our people here. And so took them and now have a question here to uh, uh, which I think is appropriate, you know, for us to to consider. You know, obviously the the specific situation, but also just kind of the larger to consider, like, well, what does the Bible say about these things? Yeah. Um, in this particular instance, there were um, people within our community that had, a, I guess, a silent protest, or I, I didn't actually go, so I don't know. I just yeah. saw uh, some of the, you know, social media headlines and and things, and, and people were being asked about it, but, uh, um, you know, in that specific situation... Um, you know, it's just very tragic, and and so, uh, but it did provoke the question that we're talking about today. That's right. You know, where, wh- what do we think about this? You know, when we disagree with a church, um, you know, and this is what's also very interesting in this question too, is because it's not we're not talking about a disagreement or conflict between a brother and sister per se. You know, but a gathered body of believers, and so should other believers gather like this in protest and picketing uh, a, uh, a church where they have a fundamental disagreement. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's tough to just because as we think about, and we'll get into more of this, but as we think about churches, like our authority and our beliefs aren't always 
equal. And sure, sure. Yeah, we don't always stand. Just because one church is right next door to another church doesn't necessarily mean that their foundational beliefs, their core convictions are similar. That's why right. things like doctrinal statements are so important. Because yeah. Just because uh, one building has a sign out front that has church in the name doesn't necessarily mean it's exactly like the other. And to, yeah. you know, to some that, that maybe are unaware of that, you know, especially to the watching world, to unbelievers, they don't really realize all of that. There's the complexities and nuances, especially within the Protestant, uh, you know, stream <laughs> of Christianity, as yeah. they protested and broke away from the Roman Catholic Church over theological issues. Um, and, you know, so the whole kind of <laughs> the stream in which we swim is known as protesters. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, but, but I think what we have in mind here today and the question is is picketing. Right? Yeah. Um, because there are things to stand up for. And especially when we think of like all the way back to the Protestant Reformation of, of theological issues when it comes to, you know, what the Bible teaches. Um, yeah, we need to stand up and defend what the Bible says. That's right. Um, and especially within our own tribe, within, you know, like denominations or networks and within our own churches, we have to defend what is true here. Right. Um, and yet, because there have been differences over the years, now we have all these different denominations and different beliefs and things. And so, um, you know, it becomes very difficult then when you have two churches that have very different sources of authority or yeah. beliefs, especially in the case like we've been talking about, where many churches and even whole denominations have, you know, a hundred years ago or so abandoned very principle core or essential doctrines like what we believe about the Bible. Yeah. You know, we're believing in the inspiration and authority and sufficiency of the scripture. Those, you know, those kind of fundamental doctrines that we believe about that the Bible is inspired by God, Second Timothy three, that it is our source of authority, that every word of God proves true, Proverbs thirty. You know, these these uh um uh, the, these fundamental convictions when a church or a whole denomination abandons very simple things like that, um, then, uh, you know, we, we, we have very little to go on when it comes to, like, trying to convince another church to uh, our beliefs, especially now when it's a uh, hundred years later and an issue is on things like sexuality or gender or things like that where we're coming back to a biblical ethic. Well, the Bible says this, and they're saying... Well, the Bible's outdated. Yeah. Well, God is still speaking. There's still, you know, progressive revelation. There's still, like, you know, um, or, you know, using the Bible to, to, you know, advocate, like, a well, we have to take care of children, you know, and the vulnerable among us. Well, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Nobody's denying that. But uh, what that actually looks like then um, is... Uh, um, you know, we just we, we stand in different on, on different uh, footings yeah. in those scenarios. Yeah, and I think even as we think about like word choice and the elasticity of our words, sure. When we talk about loving and protecting, um, compassion, you know, some of these words are are fundamentally different yeah. based on our understanding of scripture and the authority that. Right 
right. comes from that. And I think we embrace that or acknowledge that at least when it comes to like unbelievers using a word like, well, love, well, they mean something different. Love is love is love. Well, no. And how you're defining love is like affirming me for whatever I feel like I want to do. Yeah. And that's not the biblical definition of love. First of all, it's, a, it's about sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and so biblical love just has a whole different concept. Now we don't need to go into all that. We'd record a different podcast on what is right. love. But we acknowledge that unbelievers have a different uh, definition of love, and we can be using the same words or human, you know, it's dehumanizing and things and mean very different things. But what we also have to acknowledge, even as Christians, is that within the church, not one, one church isn't defining the same thing as the other. Yeah. And they're like, well, that church is saying they're about love. This church is saying they're all about love. And yet how that very practically looks <laughs> is very different. Yeah. And you're right. And so where the rubber meets the road then in a situation like this, all right, when we differ, should we stand outside and picket or protest? Yeah. Um, especially when it's an issue like, you know, like the issues of our day or whatever. You know, there's all kinds of uh, issues, whatever, you know, it's kind of the zydegeist there, the spirit of the age that uh, has captured our society. And people even within the church have differing viewpoints. Should we communicate our displeasure or our differences or our disapproval by standing outside their church with signs to say, we disagree with you? Yeah. That's, I think, what's at the heart of this question. Right. How do we how do we walk in this? How do we stand firm in the faith? How do we stand up for what we believe? How do we protect the truth in a circumstance like this that is yeah. God honoring, that is loving our neighbor and, and those types of things? And yeah. how do we how do we navigate all right. of that? Right. Yeah. Is this the, the best way to go about it? And, you know, I think we should, even those questions that you're asking there, we have to kind of unearth a little bit because I could, even that concept of defending the truth, a lot of people, you know, like get on that, you know, yeah. especially in our convictional circles, like we have to defend the truth, we have to defend the truth, and absolutely, you know, especially elders are called to do that, Titus 1, you yeah. know, um, to defend the truth against those who would err. And, and so, like, yes, but to what level and at what, with what means. Yeah. You know, because there is a sense, yes, we do need to uphold the word of God. We do need to defend the truth um, and also do so with humility, knowing that we don't always understand everything, that we're not the final arbiter of what is right and wrong. It is God and it is yeah. word. And so it doesn't mean it's wrong to have convictions. It doesn't mean it's wrong to, you know, to stand up for those things. But we also do need to just have a measure of humility that we don't know everything. And also uh, understand our limitations in that because we can't control another person. We can't change their mind on anything, nor can we coerce somebody into acquiescing to our belief. Right. Only God can do that by his spirit. And so we need to be faithful, yes, to communicate what is true and to defend and when, uh, with it, where it's in, within the scope of our responsibility or authority within, you know, our church or, you know, and however our ecclesiology, yeah. uh, you know, kind of plays that out. At the end of the day, God defends himself. Yeah. He needs, he, he doesn't need us to defend what is true. And so we don't need to go on crusades necessarily to, you know, to make sure every single Christian in the world believes exactly the same as we do. Yeah. 
God, you know, God can do whatever he wants. He's sovereign over the whole world. And the fact that he allows, you know, gigantic churches, you know, and churches, maybe we use that in quote, to exist, who are preaching like a prosperity gospel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thousands of people are flocking to it. And yet God allows that to to exist when he could, you know, we've seen Sodom and Gomorrah, like opening chapters of the Bible, like you don't have to get pretty far in, and you realize, oh, wow, God takes this stuff pretty seriously, yeah. and so he can do that. You know, he can enact, you know, massive judgment upon sin, um, you know, and even at the individual level, you get into the book of Acts, and you see Ananias and Sapphira, they're lying against the Lord, and, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, and... and Drop yep. them dead, and so God can do that, and you know He may still do that, and so I don't think we have to take matters into our own hands, right. you know, and and uh, and try to, you know, sheepdog the whole world and all of Christendom, yeah, um, in these ways that God can defend His truth. Yeah, so. and I think as we believe that, as we trust that, mm-hmm. then it gives us freedom to walk in a way that is. Is pleasing to him in our circle of influence and sure. in, in discipling and in loving and in teaching and in correcting and rebuking those who God has put in our circles of influence. Um, a lot of times in counseling, we'll talk about the difference between our concerns mm. and our responsibilities. Mm. Because when, when we focus too much on our concerns, yeah. it's a list that's a million miles long and it's overwhelming and we begin to operate outside of our limits in a way that we're attempting to be like God. Sure. Rather than focusing in on our God-given responsibilities and stewarding those opportunities well. Yeah. And we get that out of balance, then we're not doing really anything well because we're trying to you know take on the world in our own strength. Right. And so I think even as we're talking about that, as we trust that God is sovereign, yeah. that we are not, then it takes some of the the pressure off to feel like we have to go and you know, on these crusades to, to right. change the world when really we're called to just love and disciple those who are in our God given circle of influence. Sure. Sure. And that's, that's where, you know, now as we kind of get down to the details or the specifics. So, okay. Knowing these things then kind of principally biblically, um, you know, then, okay, well, let's just think like real granular on the tactical level. Then if, uh, if we disagree with another church or an institution like that, a gathering of God's people, do we need to gather another group of God's people to say, hey, we are against you in this? Well, you know, I think we just have to consider like, well, what does the Bible teach? Is there anything prescriptive or even descriptive of using intimidation tactics like that? Because that's ultimately what, when you think of like the tactic of, uh, of, uh, of of picketing and protesting. Why is that? Like, I know it's an American, right? People can do it. They can do it all yeah. the time in government, all that stuff. Like, we're not necessarily wading into that. That That's yeah. not what's in view here. I mean, somebody can submit another question to the yeah. podcast and we can take it. But we're not talking about should Christians protest, like, at the government level and laws and things like that. That's, you know, out of the scope here. This is just, like, the church. And so, well, what is picketing? What's why? Why is that like a well? It's a it's an intimidation tactic to make your voice heard uh, as a group, uh, you know, to towards somebody else, you know. And uh, you know, so do we see that? You know, obviously, just kind of like, kind of think through the scope of the Bible. 
you know, I guess maybe you could, somebody could make a case for like, well, the walls of Jericho and Israel, you know, circling around, did that was, you know, is that a form of ancient Israel picketing, you know, and blowing the trumpets and, you know, um, I mean, I, I think we should be careful. Even that is descriptive, right. not necessarily prescriptive in the sense that it's like a command saying, hey, Christians should do this, followers of the Lord should do this, um, that, uh, you know, those were God's enemies there. And so um, I guess, you know, Christians today could pull out their shofars and there are probably some that do and march around, you know, yeah. others seven days. And But uh, but we need to be careful of making, you know, those descriptive stories into, uh, you know, commands of the Lord as he, you know, is normative for how he wants his followers to act throughout all time. You know, but then you think about, okay, well, well what about in the time of Jesus? Did his followers do that? Is there anything descriptive that would kind of like mimic that? Yeah. Yeah. And even thinking, you know, as we're walking through John mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Jesus standing up and, and shouting, yeah. you know, I am the living water, like in the middle of a religious ceremony is, yeah. is that an example? Right. Yeah. Potentially. I mean, there's, you know, we, we have these like, examples that describe maybe similar type things of crowds gathering of right there and Jesus teaching in the middle of the crowds. Um, you think about the book of Acts and his, you know, the people are teaching and crowds are gathering around and riots are starting, you yeah. know, and, and usually they're against Christians, yeah. you know, and against Jesus or his disciples, not the other way around. Yeah. They're, they're teaching and, yeah. and the crowds are gathering around them. And right. You know, As a matter distaste. of fact, you see like in the beginning of John seven, Jesus brothers almost like trying to get Jesus to go do this. Hey, yeah. like let's take the world by storm. You want to come like this. Now it's the time to be public. Yeah. All these people are gathering uh, in Jerusalem for the feast of booths. Like now's the time. Let's go. Let's show uh, uh, the world what you can do and raise up a force of people to overthrow Roman occupation and, and let's go. Yeah. Um, and Jesus doesn't. Isn't nope. That's not why he came. His time hadn't come. Yeah, um, he goes privately and then then begins to teach in the temple. Crowd gets stirred up. They want to arrest him. All that. But uh, you know, I, I I just I I would struggle, I guess, to you know make parallels to what we think as modern day picketing to right. what you know what we see in those examples. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't know that we really have a leg to stand on in that case, then Christians picketing other churches from a biblical standpoint, like, hey, okay, here's what we want to accomplish. Like, if what you're wanting to accomplish is, you know, to intimidate another church or to show your displeasure, or, you know, like, hey, there's a group of people that disagree with you on this level. Well, I mean, I guess that would, you would accomplish that in picketing. Um, you know, is there... Uh, is it genuine, you know, you desire for the truth to be made known? You desire that, uh, you know, to see them change and embrace the truth and all that? Um, well, I think there are some other tactics that uh, yeah. will help you accomplish that goal um, that maybe picketing won't. Because actually picketing, may, I mean, if you that's what you want to be your goal, it's great. But there's also a, another you know, kind of uh, maybe dark side to it is you also, by doing so, you draw attention to the very thing that you, you know, that, that you disagree with, Yeah. you know, and you, in most cases like that, it's like, oh, people had no idea. And now those who are also deceived 
um, you know, or disagree with you, you know, now they, the attention has been drawn. And so now they're going to, you know, go check out that. And so now that church, you know, likely had record attendance, you know, the next week and now all of a sudden we're maybe not accomplishing what we want. And it's actually counterproductive uh, to hopefully our desired goal, which would be biblical fidelity. Right. Yeah. It almost gives them a validity Mm -hmm. in what they're doing when the attention arises. I think, you know, obviously we can't judge the motives of, of others, but knowing the community that we're in and in an event like this, it seems as if there's a, a desire to, you know, ruffle feathers. And, yeah, maybe so. And again, we don't right. know that, but when we give that amount of attention, when we sure. give that level of, you know, influence as flyers are being passed around and people are talking about all of a sudden it becomes a, a much bigger deal. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so maybe, or maybe it's counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so I think we just have to, to, to weigh those, those scenarios out each, each, uh, you know, kind of each individual thing and, and to check our own heart. What is it that we want to accomplish? Why does this you know, why are we so against it? Why are we protesting? And then, you know, if it is out of a desire to, to uphold the truth, we want to, we, you know, we, if we're concerned about, you know, the false beliefs or whatever leading people astray, those are, those are genuine desires. Those, those are good things. Yeah. But then we need to just think through, okay, well, what are the tactics that we go about that? I'm not saying, you know, it's not that we're afraid of being confrontational. We don't no. want to give, like, Jesus or Christianity this, like, you know, kind of namby-pamby. You passive. Know, right, passive, yeah. very everybody's nice and affirming kind of thing. And afraid. Well, it, see, the, the problem with that is now we're just dealing with extremes. It's like, oh, well, you're either passive or you're antagonistic. Yeah. And, you know, the, the preaching of the gospel is what is offensive, that's, you know, like unbelievers are offended by the gospel, but not once are we ever commanded or I think shown like, but that God's people are offensive, yeah. you know, that our manner is just purposefully offensive or rude, um, but we can be convictionally kind, you yeah. know, and born out of a genuine love for people and say really hard things and really, you know, divisive things. And that's what that's what happens. Jesus preaching, you know, John six. That's what happens. You know, Jesus preaching the truth. He's saying very hard things. Many of the disciples abandon. Yeah, walk away. And uh, and so the, we put the truth out there. We teach. We talk. We disciple. Some people won't won't uh, won't take it, and we'll walk away. And the reality is, when it gets to levels like this, where we're protesting these things, that you know, we we should have been protesting a hundred years ago. Yeah. When, when they abandoned, you know, biblical authority. Because, you know, normally when it gets to this level, it's because there's been a slippery slope through many generations of uh, many decisions of walking away from the authority of the scriptures. And that's where you find yourself like this, you know. Yeah. And so if there's anything to protest, I guess, protest uh, when uh, a, uh, a church uh, says, you know what? We don't actually believe that the Bible is our source of authority. We don't actually believe that this is from God, uh, um, that he's, you know, still speaking or, that, you know, it's an outdated document. That's, you know, that's the point of, 
I mean, I don't know that we should still protest and picket there, <laughs> but that's where you need to start pleading and praying and and uh, uh, and 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 coming alongside, you know, brothers and sisters, uh, saying no, don't don't abandon there because that is that's the first step to a downward spiral towards outright walking away from the Lord. Right, and I think you know, as you were just talking about a second ago, like. Our desire is to speak truth in love for the purpose of transformation, to point people back to Jesus, to allow the gospel to do the work that it's meant to do. And, you know, in these moments when we think about opportunities to, to go to, you know, maybe it's the church leaders. If we have a level of influence with them, then we, we can go and we can ask questions. We begin to try to, to understand. And, and sometimes we get to the point where the scripture and the authority of scripture becomes a, a fundamental difference that we just can't we can't move forward in those things. But right. if we're going to genuinely love people, we need to, you know, take the time to actually ask the questions, get to know them, right. know that you know what we're speaking is, you know, actually meaningful. And not just empty rhetoric that we're, you know, casting stones at one another. And so I think there's a level of intentionality and getting to know people. If you know people on the other side that are part of this church that are excited about this event, ask questions. Why are you excited about this? What, what's led you to, to do this? What do you believe and begin to, to try to understand them so that, you know, how to speak the gospel in a loving way that um, you know could potentially lead to, to transformation as as right. the Lord uses that. But right. when it requires a lot more work. Yeah, and uh, you know it's not easy. It's like, oh, ain't nobody got time for that. And I go, like, <laughs> why can't I just go stand out there with a sign that says, you know, God hates this or whatever. You know, that's that's easier. I can do that for an hour. But why do I that? Yeah, what does that accomplish? Right. You know, and that's what we're right. Has anybody ever, that's, I'd be curious to know that. Would anybody genuinely say that they switched sides because they walked by and saw somebody, you know, picketing something like, oh, wait, you know what? I'm actually convinced. Maybe so. I'm not, not, if so, uh, let us know. Yeah. You know, has anybody ever, but likely what happened, maybe it piqued somebody's interest yeah. and then they had the hard conversation. Yeah. And so, you know, okay. But, uh, yeah. um, but I'd just be curious to know because I, I, Maybe it's just my personality. I just ignore all that. I'm like, oh, people are all hot and bothered about this. I wonder what they're uh, hot and bothered about. Yeah. And so I think it's that that intentionality, that relationship, that influence that we need to spend more time focusing on rather than drawing up right. pretty signs. And Well, normally they're not very pretty. True. Yeah, they're usually they're kind of like chicken scratched, you know, with some flames on it or something or at least an inflammatory, you know, phrase is usually what they're, doesn't matter what you're protesting or whatever. And, you know, some of the, you know, the, the statements even from Christians and that are just so cringy that you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, um, I think like always in this, as we consider, you know, a question on uh, life and theology and the church, this uh, question obviously fits that. And it just really goes back to our heart. Like what's, all right, what's our motive and and uh, and what do we what are we hopeful for as an outcome? Yeah. And then is this the right way of obedience 
to first honor the Lord and then accomplish those gospel purposes. And uh, um, I think we are on shaky ground when uh, it comes to areas of disagreement, whether theological or practical, um, and uh, in saying that the you know picketing or protesting will accomplish uh, uh, these uh, these ends, it can, but uh, um, but let's m- uh, make sure that we are desiring to walk in biblical faithfulness before the Lord, and not uh, not necessarily just jumping on uh, cultural uh, means of uh, of making our voice heard and and uh, just following the the winds of the world, but rather uh, walking in faithfulness and love to the Lord and to his truth and the people around us, and all the while uh, embracing and praying and and, uh, pleading with the Spirit to do what only he can do. And there, I think we will accomplish what God desires, and hopefully we desire alongside. Thank you for joining us today on this new season of Considerate, Ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. We welcome your questions regarding life theology in the church. You can submit these questions by texting the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about redemption, visit us online at redemption.bible. Thank you for listening. Our aim each episode is to be truthful and helpful to the glory of God. Join us next time on Consider.